0: Good evening, it's good to see you all again, and I trust the Lord will bless us as we worship him together. We begin by singing to God's praise from Psalm 95 from the Psalter, and we sing verses 1 to 6. So come, let us sing to the Lord. Come, let us everyone a joyful noise make to the rock of our salvation. Let us before his presence come with praise and thankful voice. Let us sing psalms to him with grace and make a joyful noise. For God, a great God and great King, above all gods he is. Depths of the earth are in his hand, the strength of hills is his. To him the spacious sea belongs, for he the same did make. The dry land also from his hands its form at first did take. O come and let us worship him, let us bow down with all. And on our knees before the Lord, our maker, let us fall. Psalm 95. uh, O come, let us sing to the Lord. Come before the Lord in prayer. Eternal and ever-blessed Lord, we thank you for the privilege that is ours this evening that we can come and gather and mingle our hearts and voices together in praise and in worship and in adoration of you, the one true and living God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the God who does not hide himself away in some distant corner Of the cosmos, the God to whom uh, we are not obliged to go on some long and arduous pilgrimage in order to meet, but the God who meets us uh, 24 7, wherever we might be in the world. We thank you, O Lord, that uh, you meet with us here this evening in Notbane, and if we were to gather on the other side of the world, in Australia or New Zealand, that you would meet with us there also, because wherever your people gather, Eh, o oh Lord, you are there in the midst. And we thank you that you are... Uh, a God who is close to us a God whose ear is ever inclined to the pleas and the petitions of your people the God who is a prayer away the God in whom we live and move and have our uh, being and Lord there are so many things that we cannot understand with our finite puny uh, human minds concerning your greatness your magnitude uh, but, Lord, we simply accept the revelation that you have given to us of yourself. And as we find it in the pages of Scripture, we can look, O oh Lord, at the, uh, the power of the sea. We can look at the, uh, the devastation that the sea causes every year. And we can uh, look, O oh Lord, at the vastness of the mountains and of the deserts and of the forests. And all these things tell us something about your uh, power. But, Lord, if we want to know what you are truly like, then we need to turn to your word. And your word, it tells us also about ourselves, that we are sinful men and women, and yet we deal with a God of amazing grace, a God who has not left us to our own uh, devices, a God who has not left us to do our own thing, as it were, to use the modern jargon, but a God who has created us, You created us, O Lord, for yourself. You created us that we might enter into a loving and trusting and and living an everlasting relationship with you. And we know, as uh, one of all said, our hearts are restless until we find our rest in you. And we pray, Lord, that we would indeed uh, find our rest in trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ, in the Prince of Peace, the one uh, who gives us that peace that passes all understanding, which is the uh, sole prerogative of your a people. So Lord be with us uh, this evening for this hour of worship and as we sit under your word and as we uh, look to you Lord to speak to us, to guide us and may we find something in your word this evening that would uh, meet us at our point of need, whatever that need might be. We thank you that in Jesus we have one whom the scripture refers to as the wonderful counsellor or the wonderful comma counselor the one who wants to come alongside us on the journey through life the one who wants to take our burdens upon himself and to lead us and guide us and lord if we are trusting in jesus and when that day comes as come it will for all of us when we pass from time into eternity and pass through the valley of the shadow uh, we need fear no evil for you O lord will be there with us to take us by the hand and lead us into the eternal rest that is to be found in that house of many mansions in your Father's house. So Lord bless us this evening. Protect us from the wiles of the evil one who would try to come and... uh, to to make us consider things of the week that has passed and things of the week that uh, lies ahead of us but for this short time together may we focus upon Christ to the exclusion of all else bless this congregation of your people bless the the witness that has been evident here eh, down through the years and the faithful ministry eh, O lord we thank you for this church this uh, eh, modern eh, building a building eh, that is such a pleasure to eh, to be in and to worship you in We pray, Lord, that you would bless the intramoderator, guide him in his extra duties and be with him in his own retirement. And we thank you for him and for his ministry. We pray, Lord, that you would bless the office bearers, bless all who have an active role within this congregation, bless the members, bless the adherents, bless all who would identify themselves. Uh, with not being not being a free church, and we pray, Lord, that in Your providence the gospel would continue uh, to be faithfully preached here in the years to come. We thank You, Lord, for uh, the ministry of young people that has taken place here over the years, and the many uh, young people now grown up and with their own families who came. Uh, To know Jesus in uh, this place And we pray for them And pray your blessing to be upon them And that they would pass on to their own children The things that they learned here Lord, we thank you for the infrastructures that we take so much for granted in this country. We thank you for our armed forces. We thank you for the police. We thank you for paramedics and ambulance drivers. We thank you for doctors and nurses and anesthetists and surgeons. We thank you, Lord, for uh, everybody who is active in the public sphere and we pray that you would raise up Christian men and women in the public sphere and in the private sphere men and women who would be uh, salt and light in this dark dark age in which we live we pray against your enemies O Lord we pray against those who would seek to gag the church and prevent us from speaking out a, a concerning a moral and ethical issues. We thank you, O Lord. We think of the memory of those apostles recorded for us in Acts uh, who were punished simply because they would preach the gospel and would not remain silent. And may we in the Church of Scotland today, the Church in Scotland, may we ever seek to proclaim the gospel in in all its beauty, in all its power, then we would take nothing from it and add nothing to it. But it is perfection itself, because it always points us to the one who is perfect, the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who is the way and the truth and the life, and the only means by which we can come and find acceptance with a holy God. Remember any in the congregation who are troubled or anxious in any way and we commend them to you. Remember Rena Kadjur, Lord, in Malafiri House and may she feel your peace surrounding her and may she be at home in that, uh, uh, that Christian home. Lord, we pray for the community here with all its varying needs. We pray for uh, those whose lives have been afflicted by a One kind or another, whether it 's drink or whether it 's drugs, we pray for those uh, who once a uh, new love within the uh, their family circles, but that love has now uh, grown cold, and uh, loved ones have moved away and turned their backs upon them and We pray that you would be with them, that you would bring reconciliation, o oh Lord, between husbands and wives. Uh, Lord, we remember the children growing up here. We thank you for them, uh, for that future generation. May they grow up knowing about Jesus. May they grow up to know uh, Jesus personally as their own Savior. And Lord, bless your church. Bless the gospel. Bless the proclamation of your word throughout the world. And uh, may this be a day in which there is much rejoicing in the presence of the angels over a great multitude of saved sinners men, women and boys and girls brought uh, from uh, the kingdom of darkness and uh, brought into the glorious kingdom of light to know the one who alone is the light of the world and yet he points to his people, his followers and he says you are the light of the world and that light is not to be hidden under a bowl or a bushel But that light is to be lifted up so that others can see that we belong to Jesus and that we have been with him. So Lord bless your word to us and take away our every sin for we ask it all in Jesus name and for his sake. Amen. We sing now in Psalm 25 uh, and that's also from the Psalter. Psalm 25 the first version and uh, we sing actually verse 4 to 10 I see you've got verse 1 up there but it's actually verse 4 to 10 um, yes 1 to 10 would be rather long so from verse 4 show me thy ways O Lord thy paths O teach thou me and do thou lead me in thy truth therein my teacher be For thou art God that dost to me salvation send, and I upon thee all the day expecting do attend. Psalm 25, the first version, Show me thy ways, O Lord. reading this evening is taken from Matthew's Gospel and chapter 14. The Gospel according to Matthew chapter 14 and we read from verse 22. Immediately he, Jesus, made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. And when they had crossed over, they came to land at Gennesaret. And when the men of that place recognized him, they sent around to all that region, and brought to him all who were sick, and implored him that they might only touch the fringe of his garment, and as many as touched it were made well." Amen, and may the Lord add his blessing to that reading of his word. We're going to sing now from Sing Psalms, uh, Psalm number 107, Psalm 107, and we sing from verse 23, Uh, yet others traded on the sea, they sailed the ocean's length, they saw the wonders of the Lord, and on the deep his strength. For when he spoke a tempest rose, the sea grew wild and rough. They mounted up to heaven and then went down into the trough. And so on. Psalm 107 from Sing Psalms from verse 23. Yet others traded on the sea. (laughs) We turn again to the passage of Scripture we read in Matthew's Gospel and chapter 14. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 14. And uh, we'll read again in verse 27. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. The Gospels frequently record Jesus at prayer in Luke chapter 5. He often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. And in Luke chapter 6, one of those days, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. And it was after one of those occasions where he had spent the night in prayer that he chose his disciples. And there is no doubt that he would have consulted his Father in heaven over the choice of those men who would continue the ministry that Jesus had Jesus would be with them for a comparatively short period of time, about three years of earthly ministry, and then he would return to heaven from where he came, and those disciples uh, would have the the responsibility of going out, and uh, as we read in scripture, turning the world upside down. I remember years ago when I I was um, a... When I was ordained into Loch Gilpid, other churches joined us uh, on the, uh, in, in the, the morning, and uh, there was quite a crowd there. Uh, it was the custom of the other churches to come and, and uh, join with the particular church where a new minister was being inducted and ordained, and the church was quite crowded. Uh, but in the evening, It uh, was down to about 24 people because that was the average size of our congregation in Loch Gilbed. And the minister uh, who was visiting, the visiting preacher at the time, uh, made the uh, observation that, yes, there was a good crowd here in the morning, but here in the evening we have twice as many people as those who turned the world upside down 2,000 years ago. That was a wise thing to say. Because remember, although the church today encompasses the whole of the world, it had very small uh, beginnings with that small number of disciples. And much of the prayer time that Jesus had was not recorded for us. He would not even have shared what he said with his closest uh, disciples. It was simply sweet, intimate fellowship with his Father. Speech would have been uh, unnecessary, even superfluous. And the content of such prayers will forever uh, remain uh, private. But a number of Jesus' prayers are recorded for us. The obvious one, of course, is the the Lord's prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven. The template by which we uh, base our own prayers. Thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. I went to school in London and every single day, whether it was in primary school or secondary school uh, we had an assembly the Bible was read we sang a hymn and uh, we said the Lord's Prayer this happened every single day and of course the Lord's Prayer as we say it down in England is somewhat different from the way it is said here in Scotland and I remember years ago Uh, taking a service in a church of Scotland where they said the Lord's prayer and the minister said to me to write it down because if I don't write it down he says uh, I will get it wrong and he was absolutely right I wrote it down because we can say it uh, thinking that we're going to say it word perfect But that's not always the case. Thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And that must be the great prayer of all of us. That in these dark spiritually arid days in which we live in the United Kingdom. Our great prayer is that God's will would be done on earth. And that his kingdom would uh, come and be established in the hearts of men and women. And that was the work that Christ was engaged in. He came to establish his kingdom. He came as the king of kings and as the lord of lords. When the Magi came to Jerusalem they didn't come to seek the one who would one day become The king of the Jews. They came to seek and to worship the one who was born the king of the Jews. He was the king of the Jews from the very outset of his earthly uh, life. And to enter that kingdom we must believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. What must I do to be saved? Said the Philippi jailer uh, to Paul and his companion Silas. And nothing has changed down through the centuries. Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. That's the sheer simplicity of the gospel. What must I do in order to be saved? Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. That's the good news which we as a church are commanded by God himself, the head of our church, to proclaim at the grave of Lazarus. Jesus prayed there that those assembled would believe that you sent me. And we know that salvation comes from the Lord. Jesus is the instrument of that salvation. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this and in Gethsemane on the night that Jesus was betrayed when he saw the shadow of the cross looming over him when Luke records for us that his sweat was like drops of blood falling uh, to the ground where his disciples were unable to stay awake to encourage him in his time uh, of need Uh, he prayed to his Father. Now, this is eternal life, he said, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. At the end of the day, there's a great difference between knowing about Jesus and knowing Jesus personally. We all know about Jesus. I'm sure we can all uh, come out with various facts and figures uh, about Jesus. Jesus but do we know him as our saviour do we know him as our Lord do we know him as our friend many years ago when I was uh, chaplain in the high school in Loch Gilbert I was taking an assembly and uh, I think there were two year groups in front of me and there was this uh, wee uh, man in the corner and I knew that straight away the alarm bells went and I knew that he was not connected in any way with the two uh, Groups of uh, young people who were in front of me. And I said to the young people that I'm a free church minister, I'm a Christian, I'm a follower. Of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he came up to me afterwards and he was spitting furious. And he said, You're trying to proselytize these children. And I said, No, I'm not. I said, I know the rules. I know I'm not allowed to proselytize here uh, in a school setting. He said to me, You use the term the Lord Jesus Christ. That is proselytizing. And uh, he said, I'm going to get you out of here. And he stomped off in a fury to the headmaster, John Murray. Uh, who was an elder in the Church of Scotland and John Murray threw him out he said the government states that we have to have uh, an assembly with a Christian content and Mr Morrison gives us that Christian content I was merely using the official uh, term of Jesus we, we don't speak about Jesus in a casual way he is the Lord Jesus Christ just as we talk about our late queen she is her majesty the queen and uh, it doesn't matter where we go uh, in life we're always going to come up against people who are offended by the fact that we represent the Lord Jesus Christ but we are on the winning side and uh, we must never fear those who are against us many people have an acquaintance with jesus they could uh, tell you a few facts and figures about him but an acquaintance with jesus will never get us into heaven we must know him personally we must know him as our savior and lord we must have come to that point where we have bent the knee before him and confessed our sins knowing that he is faithful and good and that he will forgive us in Gethsemane Jesus prayed for his disciples Holy Father protect them by the power of your name the name you gave me we see that in the great high priestly prayer in John chapter 17 but on that occasion Jesus was also praying for us he was praying for you and he was praying for me my prayer is not for them alone I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message and the apostles have long long since gone to glory but we have their message we have the new testament we have the gospels and we have the epistles and which one of us has not come to faith through our reading of God's word there's something amazing about the gospel isn't it we can read it year in year out and uh it, it seems to have no effect on us, on us. and all of a sudden on, a, on some specific occasion we can read the gospel and, and, and a word would seem to jump out and, and to grab a hold of us and, and, and we suddenly realize that what we're reading here is, is the truth I remember years ago being in a church in Lewis and I'd sat under many many sermons and it passed in one ear and out the other but there was something about the way that minister was preaching that Uh, he arrested me or rather I should say the word of God arrested me and that was the beginning of my um, Christian uh, pilgrimage Jesus was praying for you On the night of Gethsemane, he saw the shadow of the cross looming over him. He asked uh, that this cup of bitterness be taken from him, but yet not my will, but thy will be done. He prayed to his father. And yet he was praying for you and I, 2,000 years down the line, because we have come to faith through the message of the disciples their message prevails and that is a message that uh, is perfect in every way we can take nothing from it although many people try to do so and we can add nothing to it because it is simply perfection and at the end of the day when I read the Bible uh, I'm truly amazed as I'm sure you are that this amazing God should love a wretch like me and if I can see it without being impolite wretches like yourselves also and so on this occasion Jesus uh, had he just fed the 5,000 and now he in, He commanded his disciples to get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds and Then, having dismissed the crowds, he went up onto a mountain uh, side and began uh, to pray and at that, as that was happening when evening came, he was there alone on the mountain top. but the boat by this time was a long way from land; it was beaten by the waves. The wind was against it. And I'm sure anybody here who has been out in a boat rowing, perhaps on a loch, you've gone out fishing somewhere, and the wind has blown up against you, and you don't have a working outboard, you know just how much of a struggle it is to to row against the wind and the wave. And that's the situation that the disciples Found themselves in. And Jesus knew what was going on. Jesus was there high up on the mountaintop. From his high vantage point, he could see the struggle that the disciples were going through. He would have known that they were anxious. He knew about the potential danger. And there can be no doubt that he was praying for them though they themselves would have been oblivious of that fact and we read in Mark chapter 6 that the disciples were straining at the oars they were straining at the oars they were in the midst of a severe trial they were battling against the wind and they were getting nowhere and Peter Andrew James and John experienced Fishermen, they could have turned around and said to Jesus, Well, look, uh, the elements, uh, the sky tells us that there's going to be a storm. Would it not be better for us to wait until tomorrow? But because Jesus had commanded them to get into the boat, because Jesus had commanded them to cross over the lake, so they did as he had told them uh, to do. Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead Not that he encouraged them, but he made the disciples get into the boat. And we're told in uh, Mark chapter 6, they were straining at the oars. And the Greek word that is translated straining, it's a word that means to torture or to torment. They weren't just rowing against a, a breeze, but they were rowing and their backs were aching. They were suffering pain. They were tormented in their efforts to drive the boat forward and Matthew uses the same term not of the disciples but of the boat the boat eh, was buffeted eh, by the sea it says here in this version of scripture the boat by this time was a long way from land beaten by the waves it's the same Greek word the boat would have been going eh, up and down it would have been creaking as it was heading into the wind it would have been plunging up and down and they were into the fourth watch and they were getting nowhere and Jesus saw the disciples in their struggle he could have calmed the sea from his vantage point there on the hilltop he could have put out his hands and and bid this storm uh, be still just as he had done on an earlier occasion But he chose not to. Jesus himself had sent the disciples off by themselves without him. They had to learn to trust him, especially when he was not physically present with them because not long after when Jesus departed from them and went back into heaven they would be on their own well not entirely on their own of course because Jesus promised to give them another counselor the Holy Spirit who would be with them but they had to learn to trust Jesus even and especially when they were in the midst of turmoil and their resources and their strength was failing and ebbing they had to learn to trust him every step of the way. After the Last Supper, Jesus said to Peter, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And just as Jesus prayed for Simon on that occasion, so he prays continuously for all of his people. We read in Hebrews, because Jesus lives forever, He has a permanent priesthood. Therefore he is able to save completely those who come to God through him. Because he always lives, always lives to intercede for them. You and I, I'm sure we pray for people when we remember. But Jesus is praying for his people all of the time. I don't know if you experience this, but I experience it quite often, that sometimes a, a name or a face will, will, will come to mind. Somebody who I haven't thought of for years and years, even uh, decades. It was quite strange the other day. Uh, my very first girlfriend, uh, when I was 15, for some reason she came to mind. And this happens quite often. And I think it's the Lord putting these people on my heart I don't know whether they're even still alive I don't know what circumstances they're in I don't know what difficulties they might be going through but I believe the Lord is putting them on my heart so that I can pray for them Lord you know where that person is you know their circumstances be with them, help them and uh, above all forgive them their sins maybe you experience the same thing but if somebody comes to you from the past you haven't thought of them for maybe 30 odd years, don't dismiss it, but pray for them. This might well be the Lord laying them on your heart. They might be on death's door and it might be that your prayer would uh, arrest them at that uh, particular time. We pray for people when we remember to do so. But that Jesus doesn't merely pray for you and I when he remembers. He prays for us all the time. Satan may try to sift us as wheat. But the prayers of the Lord will uphold us through difficult times. He prayed for us on the night of his betrayal. He prays for us still. If God is for us, who can be against us? Christ who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God. And is also... Interceding for us, writes Paul in his letter to the Romans... And so Jesus eventually came down from the mountaintop and he went out walking on the water. The Lord of creation in control of the very elements that he himself had created long ago. When the ancient Egyptians wanted to describe something that was absolutely impossible, they likened it to a man walking on water. Water, But remember as we read in Luke 18, what is impossible with men is highly possible with God. There is no barrier, there is, no, there is nothing that God cannot do. The disciples' strength was ebbing away. They must have wondered what was Jesus doing there on that mountaintop. Was he not aware of the circumstances that they were going through? And then Jesus came alongside them, adding to their, uh, to their consternation the terror that they were seeing uh, a ghost. But immediately Jesus calmed them. Take courage, he said. It is I, don't be afraid. Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. The disciples had seen Jesus on a previous occasion exercising his power and stilling a storm on that very same sea of Galilee. We read in Mark 4 a furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Interestingly enough I was at uh, an induction probably about 30 years ago and it was uh, Mr. Rennick here who was preaching on that very same passage of scripture that the waves were breaking over the boat and uh, the disciples were complaining to Jesus do you not care a forest and when they roused the sleeping Jesus he simply rebuked the wind and the waves and they both died down completely and on that occasion the terrified disciples had exclaimed who is this who is this even the wind and the waves obey him apparently according to legend when the Vikings came to this country long ago, King Canute uh, down in England, his followers uh, the Vikings who served him, they believed that his power was such that he could turn the tide and so there is a story that the King Canute was persuaded against his better judgment I'm sure to sit down by the sea and to turn the tide from coming in and of course no man can do such a thing I don't think that King Canute ever believed that he had the power or the authority to do such a, a thing but on, and, no, and when the disciples said who is this on that occasion even the wind and the waves obeyed him no answer was given to them but now when the wind died down we read that those in the boat worshipped him saying truly truly you are uh, the son of God Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water, said a, a Peter. Well, Isaiah tells us, and we're into the Christmas period at the moment, as we're sort of looking forward to celebrating the first advent. To us, a child is born. We read in Isaiah 6, he, to us, a son is given. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, although some versions, Wonderful, comma Counselor, Mighty God. Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace And as mighty God He is able to still uh, the the, the fiercest of storms Out there on the ocean And to the ancient Israelites The sea represented the primeval forces of chaos And although they lived beside the sea They were not a seafaring people They weren't like the Greeks They weren't like the uh, Phoenicians And Solomon used the ships of Tyre, a Phoenician king, eh, for his trading. And so Jesus calmed the storm. And there is no situation from which Jesus cannot enter into your life or my life and to calm the many storms that seem to beset us on so many occasions. We live in a world of turmoil. We live in a world where things seem to be going, uh, uh, turning upside down. Down. and the practical lesson uh, from this particular passage of scripture is that Jesus knew that the disciples would strain at the oars he knew that they would be fearful he knew that they would be anxious he knew that they would be in a desperate situation but nevertheless he sent them out uh, into them into it God never promises us plain sailing. We can never say to somebody, come to Jesus and all your problems will be solved. Life will be hunky-dory and smooth and calm uh, thereon. I would say to people that when you come to the Lord Jesus Christ, that's the beginning of your problems because then Satan will set out to attack you and he will uh, attack you because he hates the fact that he has lost you. It's a somebody far, far and greater. Coming to Christ is no guarantee of a smooth passage. And Jesus sends us out to attack Satan's strongholds, to do battle with a ruthless enemy who can do us tremendous harm. And that enemy holds millions of people in chains. And Jesus sends us out armed only with the gospel to set them free. He sends us into the fray and he gives us the armor that we need for our protection. But his eye is always on us every step of the way. And his prayers uphold us through the storms of Life On that occasion when that um, angry school teacher was threatening to get me out of the school, uh, my wife was at a ladies' prayer meeting that very same morning and I had to come back into the school an hour later to take another assembly. And as soon as I got home, I phoned her up, uh, explained the situation, and she and uh, the other women with her, they, they engaged in prayer and uh, when I went back into the school to take another assembly I felt uplifted I felt that the threat had gone because when I left after that first uh, assembly I I, I felt downcast I, I felt that I was under attack but I was able to go back in feeling uplifted and feeling strengthened by the prayers of the Lord's people Satan may try to sift us as wheat But Jesus is praying for us. And when we think the storm is at its greatest, when we think that we're about to be overcome, when the battle is at its fiercest, that's when we find Jesus coming alongside us, encouraging us as he did to the disciples, saying, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. And hell will always, as it always has done, seek to oppose the proclamation of the gospel. Satan and his minions will fling their flaming darts at the soldiers of Christ who oppose him. But Jesus gives us that promise, I will build my church and even the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. What a wonderful thing to think, uh, you know, we imagine that we're, we're building the church. We're doing this and we're doing that and we're doing the next thing. And we're not seeing uh, great advances. But Jesus says, I, I am building my church. And that's where our confidence lies. Even the gates of hell shall not prevail against it and at the end of the day the greatest turmoil the greatest fear might be in our own hearts and that's when the Prince of Peace will come alongside us and if we should submit to him in faith we will find that he is walking with us his hand will steady us when we stumble so we need not fear the sea that is raging around us as Peter feared when he stepped out of the boat we live in an age of secular humanism of militant Islam of bitter opposition to all that Jesus stands for we live in an age of moral confusion we're right back remember what Jesus said to Jonah concerning the people of Nineveh there are so many thousands of people who don't know their right hand from their left isn't that the situation in the United Kingdom today where we've lost touch with reality the people of this land do not know their right hand from their left and the gospel is the light that can give them the guidance that they leave sometimes we imagine that the tide of righteousness has gone so far out that it cannot come in again, and that it will indeed come in again. But if we live under the watchful eye of our sovereign Lord, if we are on the side of Jesus, then be assured of this, we are on the winning side. if God is for us, who can be against us? Jesus watches our every effort, Jesus is praying for us constantly that we would be protected that we would be strengthened that we would be encouraged and upheld and when he sees our strength draining away he comes alongside with the words take courage, it is I do not be afraid we might say well are these these not mere words Are they not mere words? No. They are the words of the Lord of creation. They are words that are filled with power, the power of the Holy Spirit to bring us through the fiercest of storms. So let us be confident in this, that he who began a good work in us will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. May each one of us take courage from knowing that whatever circumstances we're in, whatever turmoil we're passing through, whatever challenges confront us, Jesus is praying for us. And by so doing, he is giving us the strength that we need. Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. Amen. And may the Lord add his blessing to these thoughts and meditations on his word ever blessed and eternal God we thank you that we worship a God who through Jesus and the Holy Spirit comes alongside us to uplift us, to encourage us uh, to help us O Lord Uh, through the storms of life which are so many help us in every circumstance not to look at ourselves not to look at the enemy but to look to Jesus and be encouraged so Lord take away anything said that's not in conformity with your word may the glory be yours may the blessings be ours in Christ Jesus our Lord Amen Well we conclude by singing in Psalm 93 from Sing Psalm, Psalm 93 we sing the whole of the Psalm The Lord is King, His throne endures majestic in His height The Lord is robed in majesty and armed with strength and might The world is founded firm and sure removed it cannot be Your throne is strong and you are God from all Eternity The seas O Lord have lifted up They lifted up their voice The seas have lifted up their waves And made a mighty noise So we sing this whole of Psalm 93 To God's praise May grace, mercy, and peace from Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God.